far are you going? About 30 years. In this week's episode, John reviews Birds of Prey and Sonic the Hedgehog. Also seen Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, we're, we're not gonna, gonna, get, off this, we're not gonna get off this recording for a while, are we? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I guess we we should just uh, start off with introductions, and then we can get into the movies. All right. So, this is the Anime of Yesteryear podcast. We are not once again talking about anime, but talking about one thing that did get an anime at one point, but now it's finally a live action film. Sonic the Hedgehog, and then we got Birds of Prey and whatever the heck John... This is really... John Sees Bad Movies, the podcast. Right. Yeah, uh, you haven't seen these these movies yet, right? So, nope, not uh, a one. Okay. Yeah, I might also rant about uh, Teen Titans versus Teen Titans Go, because there's a limited amount I can say when only one person has seen them, you know? <laughs> but uh, I can just recount like the uh, the lowlights, I guess you would call them. Is there uh, any way you can do this without spoiling plot? Just hit up the highlights. Okay. I guess. If uh, are you possible. planning to see Birds of Prey? I think we'll do that first. No, I'm not. You need to spoil the heck out of that movie. I couldn't Okay, good. Unless. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I might just mention random bits of, like, um, things that were interesting or funny about it. But, right. uh, yeah, I, I won't go into it as much as Birds of Prey. Uh, okay, so... Birds of Prey is a sequel to the uh, the Suicide Squad movie that came out about four years ago. Yeah, the one that we got paid to do from some company that gave us money. And right. They and, were like, oh, do this podcast review and just quote this link about how successful the movie is. And then you'll get like $70 or 70 whatever it was. And I was, was like, Was it that okay. much? I thought it was only like $20. No, it was like 70 bucks, Dude, it paid for hosting for three years. Okay, wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, you got them to to send us a second payment because the the payment processor took a fee out of it, and you were like, "We want the the full." Yeah, payment. we want the whole amount, so they wound up giving us another payment out of that. Yeah, they gave us like an extra five dollars. I was gonna was milk paid. that review for what it was worth. Well, um, I was just thinking, like, it's too bad they didn't pay me to see this one. Oh yeah, we I, didn't, would, we didn't I, have I wouldn't recommend anyone pay to see this, but if someone is paying you to see it. 
you know, I guess there's worse things to be paid to do, but uh, not many. I don't know. Oral sex uh, behind the dumpster, behind the Applebee's. Oh I mean, that could always be worse than. <laughs> is it? The horizontal mambo at the Applebee's. Well, is that worse than Birds of Prey? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> <There> <laughs> I don't have like much experience touch. with that sort of thing, so I'm not going to be able to compare the two experiences. <laughs> Uh, so the, the movie starts off with an animated sequence with uh, Harley Quinn uh, talking about uh, the events of that Suicide Squad movie and uh, then she says that the Joker was uh, was taking credit for all of her uh, thievery and like she stole some diamond and then the Joker was showing it off or something and he wouldn't give her credit so she had to, like, uh, get into a fight with him, and then he kicked her out of the headquarters. Uh, so people are like, this is a girl power movie because she stood up to the uh, patriarchy, which is suppressing the uh, she don't need no story man. of women who are the, the true strength behind uh, all men or something. And the breadwinners. Yeah. Even though historically it's the, the opposite. Yes. But I guess it is true now that like there are more women in college and that women's income is rising and stuff. So that people, women feel like empowered, like they need like a, a female superhero movie. And I guess that's what they, this was they, supposed to be. They need the biggest pat on the back to know that they're doing a good job in society. So we're going to give them the shittiest movie ever made, Birds of Prey. <laughs> Nine to Five yeah. was a great movie. And they're like, no, 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 we can do better than Nine to Five. Let's make Birds of Prey. <laughs> good I don't job. even know that one. Nine to Five is a great movie with Dolly Parton. Uh, that uh, Peter Fonda's daughter and this other girl. Anyways, the, if you haven't seen it, go see it. It's 1980. Yes, Lily Tomlin is the third one. It looks like yes. Okay, it's a great movie. Anyways, three working women who live out their fantasies of getting even with and their overthrow of the company's autocratic sexist, egotistical, lying, hypocritical, bigot boss portrayed yep. by Dabney Coleman. Yep. That's what Wikipedia says about it. I, I will say this. The 9 to 5 song by Dolly Parton is probably like the main country song I really like. And it's a pop country song before there was pop country. Before okay. country went to hell. And anyway. it says there was also a TV series based on it which ran for five seasons. I have never seen the TV series. I wouldn't know anything about that. I'm just but I guess this was very popular. There were 85 episodes. Huh, it did really well. Yeah. Anyways. Was syndication episodes. Okay, so we'll go back to, to the Harley Quinn thing here. Yeah. Um, so after that, uh, she's she's uh, decides to uh, do like a terrorist attack on the, uh, the, the chemical facility where she fell in and her and the Joker got bleach skin, which was shown in the Suicide Squad movie. In a flashback. Wait, wait, wait! I th- she fell into the vat too. I thought it was just the Joker. Well, remember in the in the Suicide Squad. No, I don't uh, remember she's... anything in that movie. Whatever I said in the in the podcast is exactly what I remember. Okay. Well, she she and she has like going by a vat or something during that movie, and she starts thinking back to like when her and the Joker fell in, and like all the the color like uh, oh. Why did you make me remember this movie, Deadgummit? Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, because <laughs> um, so, that movie was about like visual, visual gimmicks, and so I guess this yeah. one is like that too. Like the first scene here is uh, is visual gimmicks. Right. It's like this this quirky cartoon with her and the Joker, and then and then it uh, then it switches over to her uh, in, in live action, and it shows her getting like thrown on her ass outside the the Joker's hideout, and she's like banging on the window crying, 
and she's narrating over it saying, oh, I handled it so well. I was so so strong and brave. I was and so then after... strong. How does she? She's got that, like, New York, New York. accent. Yeah. Yeah. I can't Mr. do it. Mr. But... I was really strong, you know. I stood yeah. up to the man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah, uh, so then she she blows up the, uh, the 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 chemical facility, and then uh, there's uh, like an arrest warrant out for her after that uh-huh. um, because she's a terrorist now. And uh, apparently, they say something like, "Well, before we we gave her immunity because she was uh, our link to the Joker or something like that." Like I don't know. I guess she was like an informant on the Joker or something. So, so there's like this cop that's working with her in the movie called Renee Montoya. Who's a lesbian in the comic books? At least I don't really say much about her sex life. Okay, from what I know about her, is she was lesbian in the Gotham CDPD comics. Because I was kind of interested in checking that out. Oh, Um, I never read those. I I think I got a couple issues of those still. I maybe I might got rid of them. I read them. I don't know, but I used to have them, or maybe I still do. But yeah, she she had this like lesbian like backstory or whatever, and like but she was Bullock's partner in Batman the Animated Series like later in the show. Mm-hmm. She was actually introduced in that, and then later on they brought her into the comics. Right, um, like Harley Quinn. Actually, they both originated right. in Batman the Animated Series. Um, and uh, and Bullock had been in like one comic before. And then they brought him back uh, years later and stuff. And so he was like a minor character that they plucked out of obscurity mm-hmm. for this. Uh, so animated series, they had a lot of original stuff that was in there that then got filtered into the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like everything they've done with the animated series character since then has kind of sucked. And, you know, like they had her become the question for a while in the comics, which is this character that has no face. Um, you might remember him from the Justice League cartoon. Is this, are, we he has a fedora. Mon, are we talking about Montoya? Yeah. Okay. Well, and then she was like a lesbian with Batwoman in the comics. Like the I remember Batwoman era. was like a paraplegic, and she was like a mystic or psychic or something. Oh, uh, well, uh, there, there Oracle, was Oracle. I think that's it. Yes, yeah. Uh, well, that character was originally Batgirl, which was uh, which was introduced for the TV show with Adam West in the third season. Yeah, and uh, and then they brought her into the comics. So so there are characters that originated in that too. And if you go all the way back to the movie serials, they they brought they introduced Alfred in those, and then he became a character in the comics. Right. So uh, like the majority of the characters in the comics are actually not original to the comics; they're original to screen versions of Batman. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting, but uh, but over time they uh, they changed the characters and stuff. But uh, but yeah, I don't think she was a lesbian in the animated series. I don't think you could get away with that on TV uh, in the nineties on right, Fox Kids. Right. No, um, but yeah, they uh, they have her be this kind of slobby woman in this. Uh, at one point, she's in the office, uh, the police office, with this. Uh, uh, her her boss, who is like the patriarchy, and he's uh, he's like telling her off because she's violating the dress code because she's got a, a a t-shirt which is a white t-shirt with red lettering on it, like a "Vote for Pedro" type t-shirt, and it says, uh, "I shaved my balls for this," and it's like, "What? Wait, this is what the is this character? 
Yeah, Montoya. She's just walking around in the police station wearing a, like a t-shirt, oh, like a, huh? and it's like this loose, like poor-fitting t-shirt that says that. And it's like, was this supposed to imply if she's like uh, transgender or something, or is it like a joke, or like what is the meaning of this slogan on the t-shirt? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but it was just like I, I'm watching the scene, and the the the, the boss at first he's telling her about. The, the the case where the some some woman is like uh, stolen diamonds and eating them or something, but the whole time I'm uh, I'm, I'm focused on the T-shirt. Like, why is she wearing this? Like, what relevance does this T-shirt have in this show? Yeah, yeah. And then he calls her out on the T-shirt at the end, and it's supposed to make her seem like a rebel or something. Um, You're and then a loose later cannon, on, Montoya. You're wearing that T-shirt around here. It's offensive. Get it off. Yeah. Are you losing your badge? And you put it right here on my desk. You got it. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> and, and this boss is implied to be, like, useless or something because he doesn't really play a role after this. Yeah, scene. like, you know, like most male leader heads of leadership are useless. That's yeah, in general. Oh, well, you don't have to be sexist to know that, anyways. Yeah, well, the, the only character in this that's, like... Um, Male that gets a lot of screen time is the uh, the villain who's played by uh, Ewan McGregor, hmm. and he's a black mask, and he's like a total toxic masculinity. And so he owns some, some sort of uh, bar or club or something, and uh, all the women that are in there, he uh, if he hears them like laughing or something, he'll like uh, get walk up to them and like make sure they're not having a good time. He'll be like, "You laughing at me, punk?" And then he'll like say, "No, get on the table and laugh at me again." And then he'll like uh, he'll like uh, put on like a mask and shoot them. And you, sound, like, you sound like if Bernie Sanders ran a bar. <laughs> trying to do it in New York. Do I hear you guys. talking and laughing and having a good time? If yeah, I'm capping you in the face. <laughs> I'm going for like a Joey Wheeler, like a four kids accent. <laughs> it does sound like Bernie Sanders too, because he's from New York. <laughs> well, he's from New Hampshire, or whatever. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> but he was originally from New York. He just moved there later to like live in like oh, a commune or something. Gotcha. But yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, back to the, the movie. Later on. Uh, after her uh, her shirt has been removed by Harley Quinn, uh, Harley's like uh, commenting about how great her uh, bulletproof bra is and how sexy it is. And this is something they spend a lot of time on in this movie: is like these women's clothing and how uh, how it's supposedly like this really like combat gear, but they're all just like a bunch of skanks wearing like a bra, and they don't really look bulletproof or anything. That I mean, it's like especially Black Canary. It was just like she's supposed to be like some enforcer for this mobster, but she's like barely wearing any clothes. Like, shouldn't she have some bulletproof vest on or something? Like, John, <laughs> or some costume John, that's like gonna cover you, her skin? John, John, John. Okay, have you ever seen a fantasy novel with like scantily clad women on it? Their yeah. armor stats are in the right areas that count. All right, they're perfectly yeah. fine. They're well defended in the areas that count on their body. So yeah, I'm not no, they're like they're within they're, they're good. They're protected. All right. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to criticize like Red Sonia or something because yeah, the, that's a fantasy world and like uh, they're covering what needs to be protected. <laughs> but uh, uh, for the purposes of the comics code, but uh, but in this case, it's an R-rated movie and they're actually trying to make it sound like it's practical. And it's like you look at these women and it's like this is not practical. But Harlan keeps going on about like uh, protecting the girls when she's like dispersing her like bras or whatever to these women in the middle of the standoff while they're trying to protect the uh, the poo diamonds and it's just like this is the dumbest fucking movie it's like you sure <laughs> you saw a bad movie it sounds like a great movie to me <laughs> i mean I- i'm all over this now like you're supposed to tell me how bad it is and i'm like i'm not seeing anything wrong with it so far i'm, a- I'm having a good time talking to you about it making fun of the movie of something i have yet to see and i don't know when yeah, maybe if you know. see it on TV or something, it, it, uh, probably Snap It or something. <laughs> you can find it online. Let's just yeah, swap it. Yep, whatever. Yep, that's okay. exactly what I'm going to do. All right. So, uh, yeah, I'm going back through the, the summary here. Uh, uh, she, yeah, then it says that Harley cuts her hair. She adopts a spotted hyena, which she names after Bruce Wayne. Um, takes up roller derby, blows up the chemical plant. Um, then after all this, a day's work. Yeah. Oh then God. after this, she's uh, she's eating a uh, some sort of uh, breakfast uh, sandwich or something, that, and they spend a bunch of time showing it being made and talking about how great it is. And then Montoya sees her, and uh, she's running away from her, and uh, like everyone in the city hates her. So you got like people dropping bricks out of their apartments on her as she runs by. And, uh, like, people trying to run her down in traffic. And it's, like, recounting all these horrible things that she's done to these people. There's some guy in a wheelchair because she, like, randomly decided to jump on his legs and crush them at one point. Uh, and, uh... This is all happening to Montoya? No, this is Harley Quinn that did all this stuff to people. Oh! And Montoya is, Montoya is just chasing her, and all these other people are joining in on the chase going after Harley as well. Uh, so she's on? in this chaos and she's like stopping the shop along the way as this is all going on and uh, trying to protect her breakfast and then at some point the breakfast ends up getting spoiled so then she's uh, like uh, angry about that with Montoya and uh, there's some vigilante that's out after her um, which is the, the huntress because they're also calling a crossbow killer because she goes around like shooting people with a crossbow that have bounties out for them. Okay. And uh, so th- these are all supposed to be characters that are on like a team in the comics. Um, and Oracle that you mentioned earlier was the the leader of the Birds of Prey in the comics. Um, because she got she got uh, shot by the Joker and crippled, so she couldn't be Batgirl anymore. Right. So she she became like a computer expert, and she would coordinate all these superhero women in the field. Um, and ostensibly this is based on that, but uh, but th- that character is not in this. There is no Oracle in this. I don't know. If it's because Batgirl was tied up in uh, the Batwoman TV show or whatever. I don't know. But uh, in- instead, they do have some of the some of the characters who do appear in it a lot, like Huntress and Black Canary are in this. Mm-hmm. But they're so different, you wouldn't really uh, recognize them. Uh, in the comics, Huntress is the uh, the daughter of uh, Batman and Catwoman. Um, but that's not the case here. Instead, she's like the daughter of some uh, crime family uh, called the Bertinellis, mm-hmm. and uh, 
they had gotten into some mafia feud with each other or something and died and uh, then she wanted to get revenge on the underworld for killing them and uh, so she, now she's like the bounty hunter so she has to be one of this this team but the team actually they don't even call it the Pirates of Prey until like the last scene and uh, and they don't even say like uh, that Harley Quinn is a member of it after the, after the movie ends because I guess that she's like too toxic for the others to be <laughs> associated with Okay. Uh, and the, the movie is kind of divided on like does it even want to be a Harley Quinn movie or does it want to be a Birds of Prey movie um, because at, at first they were calling it uh, Birds of Prey or the Fantabulous which I don't think is even a word Emancipation of One Harley Quinn so I feel like making the movie title that long is part of why it's doing badly in the box I don't, yeah I don't think anyone's going to remember that you have to read through ten words before you get to Harley Quinn. Usually, yeah. you want to like lead with the star or whatever. You start with Harley Quinn and then yada 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 or whatever. Yeah. So after the first weekend, it totally bombed, and they had to rename this movie Harley Quinn uh, colon Birds of Prey, and they just dropped all the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Emancipation proclamation of Harley Quinn. Yeah, they try to make it seem like this movie is the equivalent of like freeing the slaves or something. Like, it's, this, it's like liberating women from men or something. If they see this movie, or they won't be enslaved to the patriarchy or something. Like I thought they did those movies in the seventies called sexploit or what was it, sexploitation movies or something, where it's like caged heat and women in cages and stuff like that. Oh yeah, maybe that is a form of, of liberation. But yeah, yeah uh, this uh, they did a lot of that kind of stuff in the movies, you know, the black exploitation and whatnot. But yeah, uh, a lot of people will be like, those don't count because those were like the capitalists exploiting the suffering of these uh, oppressed groups, and they don't they didn't really control these industries or, or something. And I'm sure people will have some excuse for why those movies are not proper feminist movies, and this is the first real feminist movie that's. Woke in 2020 oh, generation. Um, so anyway, uh, th- then there's another character that they bring in, which is uh, Cassandra Kane. Um, she steals uh, a diamond from uh, Victor Zaz, which is this uh, crazed serial killer that uh, is always marking uh, Roman numerals on his body whenever he kills somebody. Well, I guess it's not Roman numerals. He does like scratches. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, for one for each kill that he does um, and he's in some other stuff like the Gotham TV show and uh, the comics and uh, so he he has uh, been working for Black Mask um, and he ha- he was going to deliver a diamond to him um, and uh, the diamond has the account numbers of the Bertinelli crime family and then uh, but then this, this fat Asian kid uh, Cassandra Kane steals it uh, in, in the comics, Cassandra Kane is this um, this uh, assassin character that eventually becomes Batgirl, that is mute and uh, yeah. is uh, some expert uh, battler that was in like the late '90s, early 2000s, Batman uh, era comics. Um, she came in there after the uh, after the original Batgirl got paralyzed, mm-hmm. uh, but in this, she's just this random pickpocket that steals the diamond. And then uh, randomly gets picked up by Harley Quinn, and then Harley has to protect her until she poops out the diamonds. And she doesn't really have any like martial arts skills or anything. She spends the rest of the series, uh, the rest of the movie, on the toilet, and they're just giving her sh- stuff, trying to get her to shit. 
So they bring her like prune juice, and like eventually after they that doesn't work, uh, they uh, they end up uh, taking her to like some sort of taco stand, and then she uh, you can like hear her shitting in like the final scene, and then Harley's like, oh, I gotta go in there and fish out the diamond now. Oh my god. so like that that's going on during the final battle scene there, it takes place at a toilet uh and uh, Harley's got this girl tied up at the toilet and uh and so everybody's showing up and trying to to steal the girl from Harley um and <laughs> so you have like the blast and that black mask and his like horde of uh minions and they're all battling uh like to try to get this girl to poop fastest and they're all sending people in there with like different laxatives and stuff <laughs> that's that's like that's like the battle for the infinity gauntlet of this movie it's like the battle to get this girl to shit so they can get the diamond out of the I, toilet i feel like this wasn't a plot for a south park episode that never came to fruition yeah. God. That sounds horrible. Yeah. I remember you on the chat here talking about how this is worse than the Fantastic Four movie, the last one they made. Yeah, have you seen that one? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that that one was like, it was like low budget, I guess, and uh, kind of poorly acted. Yeah. And, uh, not very interesting. It takes them a long time to get their powers. There's like one uh, action scene that's kind of poorly lit. I mean, it's got a lot of problems uh, with pacing, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But but it was not like objectively revolting the whole time like this was. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll give it that. It was kind of just like a bland, boring, low budget superhero movie, whereas this was like actively offensive and shitty. Jeez. <laughs> Oh, um, so I'm scrolling through here some more, but just on the Wikipedia plot to see if there are any details that I missed. But I pretty much got the the gist of it. Uh, one other thing about it that was annoying was just the sound. Um, they had it on way too loud. So I, when I saw Sonic today, there were no points where I felt like my eardrums were bursting from just how loud and annoying this is. <laughs> even though there's Sonic blowing up robots and all kinds of action stuff going on that was really yeah. not going on in this as much. Yeah. Uh, but 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 it was not like deafening. Like but this, you have this character, the Black Canary. Her her fucking powers that she's a loud bitch. Like she's just screaming and it's like just like deafening all the time. And they feel like glass breaking on this on the screen and stuff when they introduce her at, the, at this nightclub that Harley's at. Uh-huh. Uh, she's like a singer there, and uh, she's like working for Roman, but then she betrays him. Uh, uh, you know, at his club. And uh, and so, <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is these girls are just a bunch of loud bitches. So R- Roman, at one point, he he puts a puts a a, a gag over Harley because he just can't stand to listen to this squad yapping anymore. Yeah, and it's just it's just like they can shut these women up already <laughs> at this certain point. <laughs> How annoying can these people be? Like you got to sit through the, two hours of these women just being extremely irritating. Gosh, <laughs> it's just like. Yeah, this movie bombed for a reason. Like you made it like just fucking annoying on purpose, and nobody wants to see it. And like you could tell it was going to be a bunch of annoying women, just from the commercials in the trailer. 
It's like, I do not want to be around any of these women if they're I, real people. I didn't you know? see anything of the trailer. I didn't see any of this crap, so... Yeah. Well, I know Daft had the reaction of, like, after seeing the trailer, it's like, oh, this looks like garbage. I don't want to see this. Like, we were saying this during the X-Men review. Oh, yeah. And they'll be on the chat of seeing it, as far as I can tell. Whereas most of them have seen Sonic the Hedgehog. I well, okay, Daft has seen, and you have seen Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, and Josh. I, okay, I haven't seen it yet because I don't have a party to go see it with. So, I don't know when I might see it. So, is your brother interested in seeing it or anything? No, he's not. I got a kid that might see it with me. I don't know. Okay. Um, Maybe your church group can see it or something. There's oh, no profanity in it. No, my church group is too lame. They wouldn't. They wouldn't see Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. Well, it's very. I mean, I don't know what it was rated because I don't even pay attention to this one. Probably PG, but it could very well be rated G. Like it's yeah. extremely tame. Like I know you mentioned with the Jumanji films that there was swearing in it. Yeah, that was PG thirteen. Yeah, and like every Marvel movie or Star Wars movie now, there's swearing in it. But this is is just totally, uh, totally tame movie, mm-hmm. uh, and it's very much a kids film. And uh, but it's a good kids film. I mean, it's uh, it's nothing special, but it might be the best video game movie ever made or whatever. Like it's a top grossing video game movie. Okay, that's like a so, low bar. So my thing with the Sonic movie was okay. It looks like it was it was the script was written in 1995. And no one has bothered to touch anything about it until now. Am I right about that, or am I right or wrong? Well, I mean, if you look at what kind of video game movies are coming out in 1995, I'm thinking, like, Mortal Kombat. I mean, I don't know. Well, I was thinking <laughs> Mario Brothers, because that, okay. that movie is an interesting piece of work. Well, that one's even earlier. That one's, like, 1990 or something. 92, I believe. Okay. But, yeah, it was, like, the Bush era, the first Bush. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that that movie—it's it, not quite like that. Um, I mean that movie actually tried to make a uh, like its own world and uh, and like make it be its own uh, like universe with Koopa and uh, all this uh, Goombas and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, and so it sort of was a fantasy world like Mario, but they they went back and forth between that and the real world. And this, uh, I thought Sonic was going to be from another dimension or something, uh, but he's just like on Earth basically. <laughs> and and it's, uh, I mean, I walked in maybe a couple minutes late or something, because I come in and he's uh, he's dealing with the turtle and which you see in the commercials. Uh, and so I think probably there was something before that because I saw something on on tw- on Twitter where Ken Tenders, the uh, Sonic artist, was complaining about. Uh, oh my god! Uh, they had a they had the owl in here. It was like some sort of mentor to Sonic. This mentorship must have lasted like one or two minutes because I didn't get there that late. Uh, but uh, but yeah, he was like saying, "I'm gonna sue them for this." Well, he didn't say that explicitly, but he's like, "They're basing <laughs> this on on the mentor that I gave to Princess Sally in the comic books." And the, then you look it up, and the, the the mentor is like a minor character who appeared in like four comic books, and half the times they portrayed her as a cat, half the times as a chipmunk, and it was in alternating issues because they it was so far apart they couldn't keep it straight who this was. It's like the most minor yeah. character. There's no way the movie writers knew about this character, and it was not even a mentor to Sonic in the, in the movie. Uh, so uh, I don't think that's going to go anywhere if he tries to sue him. Yeah. Uh, but but then I saw in the replies there were some responses like, uh, "Is Sonic really cool in this movie?" Um, and and uh, is 
because Penders was kind of like, well, no, he's kind of not, but, uh, I mean, I guess they had their own thing that they were going for here, because Sonic was sort of aloof, usually, in the comics. He's, like, ignoring Amy's romantic advances, or uh, he's just uh, interested in running around, and he's, like, the most uh, awesome hedgehog that is always saving the world or whatever. Well, he's got to go fast. Got to go faster, faster, faster. Yeah, <laughs> they do mention that gotta go fast. That's said twice in the movie. Nice. Did they mention uh, Sonic the mo- Boom from uh, the I Sega CD, the Sonic CD game? They probably say Sonic Boom. I don't. I don't know. There's also a game, a TV show called that. That's like one of the big things they do with Sonic. Sonic Boom, but they don't play the song, which Sonic they should have. Gotta keep so- you running faster. They do at one point do a, a version of the. Uh, of the video game theme, though. Um, okay. Which is which is good. Nice. Uh, but uh, like the Green Hell Zone theme song, I think is what it was. But um, yeah, they, they, he's in a town called Green Hills, and oh. uh, and so he's like for some reason it's not really explained. He's just this blue hedgehog there, and all the other animal walls are normal. Uh, so there's like a there's like a, a dog like a golden retriever that appears in it a few times. Yeah. Every time he's there, he's just kind of panting or licking Sonic or something, and uh, yeah. he's not portrayed as being able to talk. So it's just kind of weird. Uh, he's it's it's like it, it, it's like the uh, you know those sort of movies they would make in the two thousands more like like Alvin and the Chipmunks or something. Where um, yeah. and this is not like a quality comparison, but in that they were CGI animals that are just in a human world, um, and then there's like a like a lead guy that is interacting with them, and and everybody else kind of just ignores it. Yeah. So he's at one point he's in a is in like a bar room brawl, and like no one else in the in the bar room is acknowledging that he's a hedgehog, like he's just treated as like a participant in this brawl. Like and at one point they say. We don't like your kind here. And Sonic's like, your kind? What does that mean? And they're like, hipsters. And then they just start fighting. (laughs) And it's like, they think this hedgehog is a hipster. Uh, uh, Like, he's a furry or something, like a millennial that just dresses up as like a... Like, maybe he does deserve good ass beat. I don't know. Like, maybe that is what he is. I don't know. When you mention that no one acknowledges he's a hedgehog, I just think of like... What was it the show on Nickelodeon Cousin Skeeter where it was a puppet? It was a black puppet that was talking to real people, and no one ever mentioned that he was a puppet. It was just like <laughs> it was an amazing show. Like I love Cousin Skeeter. Yeah, but yeah. It was just like nobody at any point of this show acknowledged that Cousin Skeeter is a damn puppet. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, well, I guess uh, Robotnik obviously acknowledges that he's a hedgehog. Yeah. Uh, so Robotnik is out to get him because uh, uh, Sonic, uh, he's he's like lonely, and so he was he was playing baseball by himself, and he got running so fast uh, to keep his mind off how lonely he was from being like the only talking animal on Earth that mm-hmm. he uh, that he like causes a, a sonic boom. And it like uh, knocks out all of the uh, the power in the Green Hills, mm-hmm. and so there's this like uh, fumbling sheriff who uh, has to call the uh, the cop who's like the main guy in that movie, um, and uh, the cop is like moving out to San Francisco, but he's still working in Green Hills at the start, 
and he has to like help the sheriff figure out how to get the the, the lights back on and stuff. Is this the Chris that, Can- Chris Chan character? Yeah, it probably should have been. That would have been funny. If that was <laughs> if that was playing the sheriff. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, but no. Uh, <laughs> but it is like uh, like a comic relief character. Yeah. Um, the good cop, bad cop, routine or whatever. Um, or smart cop, dumb cop. Uh, they call the the, the the good cop uh, the Donut King or something like that, or the Donut Lord. That's what Sonic <laughs> calls him. Okay. He says that's because he like he commands the donuts to do what he wants, and if they they don't do it, he eats them or, or something weird like that. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, they, they uh, <laughs> I, I shouldn't get too much into the plot. So I don't totally spoil it for you, but they send a Robotnik. Uh, the government finds out about the power outage. They send Robotnik to figure out what the cause of it is, and so Robotnik is doing this uh, this sort of uh, comic routine with uh, this great man type character. There's some sort of like Indian assistant to him. Yeah, I guess he's like the fill-in for uh, Snively from the old uh, cartoon and comics, which was this little uh, bald nephew that he used to have as his assistant oh. in the 90s on like the um, Saturday morning cartoon and stuff right um, and uh, so this this character is supposed to be like helping him but Robotnik's always yelling at him and stuff um, and at one point he's like yelling at him for bringing a uh, like a, a drink that he that he wanted he's like you idiot of course I want this uh, I love it it's so great and, but he's saying it while he's like furious you know, like the way that only Jim Carrey could do. So I think he did do a good a good job of seeming like a total lunatic. And when he goes full robotic at the end and everything, uh, he does a convincing job of seeming like a like just insane. And uh, and I think Tim Box would especially enjoy the part where he starts trashing the camp. Uh, okay. <laughs> to make a reference to the old Tim Box video where he's dancing on his bed wildly uh, to cartoon music. Uh, so. <laughs> And he ends up smashing his hand on the uh, ceiling pan and <laughs> breaking it in Tim Box's case. Well, in, in Robotnik's case, he's dancing to like a video of a dinosaur and pretending the dinosaur is eating his head. And I'm just thinking, like, I, I would just wonder if Tim Box has seen this movie and if this is a thing that he does in his spare time. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, because you, you've seen how many times he's made these these videos of uh, <laughs> just like some random dinosaur sound he's like intermixed with like footage from Dexter's lab or something you know he's like freaking out about dinosaur sounds in his house all yeah. the time like oh my god the T-Rex is gonna eat me <laughs> <laughs> I mean he used to make YouTube videos like he would call it Timmy's World at Night yes. where he was just doing his routine and he yeah. would be like watching some T-Rex video and he'd freak out or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's a stampede of Brontosaurus! <laughs> nice. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah, after the movie, uh, it seemed like the kids in the theater really enjoyed it. Um, they were running around and... Uh, um, like yelling, like I'm gonna get you, Doctor Egghead. So they, I don't think they <laughs> were fully familiar with the, <laughs> nice. the games or whatever, because they don't know that it's Eggman instead of Egghead. But I, at first, I heard uh, Doctor Robotnik, and then I thought I heard Eggman, 
But then I heard eggheads like four or five times because <laughs> they kept running around in front of me, like whooping from the, the, the row behind to the row in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of just like, well, I mean, at least they gave these kids some energy and it got them to get up and run, right? Like that's kind of a good thing for a movie to actually not just be like a sedentary experience to actually give some kids like a, like a physical activity to do. I think it's a pretty good thing that, that the movie did there, you know? Yeah. Gets kids all like it's out a positive of message out of the seats and yelling back Mr. Egghead or whatever. So, yeah. Um, and, uh, I saw also on Pinder's Twitter that there's not an official, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog shoes that they're selling, even though in the movie, um, the uh the the main cop's uh, wife is um her uh her her daughter uh, gives uh Sonic these iconic red shoes cuz he's like torn a hole in the in the old shoes that he had from running so much yeah so i thought like they're sure to be selling like red sonic shoes right like apparently they're not I don't know. it seems like the biggest merchandising blunder since they didn't sell baby yoda stuff in time for mandalorian oh man like, you know they'd make a bundle on that. Oh, yeah, because, like, kids, kids are going to love Sonic. And even, like, the Sonic fanboys are going to buy, like, ten pairs of shoes and hoard them. And they're collector's items. But may, we may get our uh, collectible shoes. I don't know. That'll probably come out. Because I don't know if they knew how big this was going to be. Because it's apparently made more money in the opening weekend than um, Detective Pikachu. Um, yeah. Which was pretty successful and had Ryan Reynolds in it. Mm-hmm. But this made like five million more or something, um, like sixty-eight million, and uh, and Birds of Prey made like not that amount, eighteen million or something. It was like yeah. it was like fifty million less, and it was like in second place, like in a very distant place, and that was after only one weekend previously at the box office. So that's like an even sharper box office drop off than uh, than Dark Phoenix had, which I'm, I'm pleased to say because <laughs> this deserved that box office drop off. I like that movie. Oh, but okay. yeah, I think that this is going to be real successful. And uh, in the in the credit scene, they introduce another character from the Sonic Mythos, and I'm sure everyone can guess who it is based on who shows up in the second Sonic the Hedgehog video game. But obviously, there's going to be a uh, a sequel because it made a lot of money, and they're gonna they're gonna uh, bring in like more characters from from Sonic's world, and yeah. maybe they'll explain like why uh, why Sonic is. Um, is here because all they really say is like he has a bag of magic rings that let him go through dimension, um, and that's kind of about it. Uh, is, is is Sonic's arms not blue in this, or they are blue? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure Christian. Well, I should look that up if he's had a reaction to this. I mean, I, we we have to like mention that if we're doing a review of it. Huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go check Tui Farms right now. Cause I, I haven't checked I, in a yeah, because you know that he's seen this movie. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. Unless he's like dead, huh? Which is possible. Yeah. <laughs> if if like he uh, decided to like immanentize the dimensional merge, yeah, as it were. Okay, let's see here. Uh, is this not? Like the top thread on here. I don't even see a thread about this. Okay. Uh, I mean, I've scrolled back to Friday and there's nothing, there's no like Sonic the movie reaction. 
Interesting. Chris's collection of magic stones is the last thread that I see. That's directly about something that he did. Uh, and that's from back on January 19th. And it's just a picture of a bunch of uh, rocks that Chris Chan has that he claims have magical powers. Uh, I'll post the magic stones in here uh, for you to see, but they're, they're not actually magic. Well, no, no, none of them are magic. He just believes that they are. Yeah, but they're like he's created like holy artifacts for his religion of like oh, him like merging dimensions with the CPU goddesses and all that crap. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, I think I follow him on Twitter. Let me see what uh, what he's posted about it. He may be boycotting it over the arm color or something. Well, he usually, usually he'll he'll say something about it if he is going to boycott it. Yeah. He's got something about Galarian Ponyta. Oh, here we go. Uh, hello, Twitter. I'm back. Go see the Sonic the Hedgehog movie as soon as you can. It's a lot of fun. This is somebody that he's replying to. And he says in response, It is really good. Also, I wore the Sonic Chew and Rosa Chew shirt to the movie. Hands up, anyone else who wore this shirt when going to see the Sonic movie on Valentine's Day 2020. He has that t- Oh, I haven't even seen this t-shirt before. It must have been made by some fan of his or something. Um, uh, I'll post this. Yeah, post the link up so I can see this. Are you putting this... Okay, you're putting this in the Discord chat. Yes. Someone asked in their replies, where is Barb? I thought she would accompany him. Maybe she can't leave the house anymore. Maybe she can't, yeah. You didn't say anything about okay. her dying, so... Oh yeah, gosh, I think that if, if she died, he would probably mention it. Yeah. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there are a couple more tweets after this. Uh, zapping it up, hashtag, with Sonic 2, uh, with, rather, Sonic, the movie... It, this movie is really good, much better than one would perceive it. The character development, story, and other details are worth the watch and enjoyment. You all gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. <laughs> gotta go faster, 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 Sonic. Uh, to see the Sonic the movie this weekend. Only two flaws. Oh, here we go. The autism oh. is kicking out. Yes. <laughs> uh, they kept the child in the bag, not just cringe for less than a minute. I agree, that was cringe. And then, But they did get a laugh out of the audience, which was maybe the only bit that they laughed at, or the, the part they laughed at the most. Yeah. It was in the trailer, too, the first trailer, and it's like, this is just awkward. Uh, but maybe that's why it's funny. It's like an, a nervous laugh. And they left out the 9 million steps line. Other than that, simply delightful and awesome. Also, uh, meow, question mark. And then he has, like, a gif of Sonic saying me out, uh, which looks like some fan animation. I don't get the joke. Oh, man. Good stuff. But that's all that he's posted about it, surprisingly. I thought that he would be, like, really hyped up about it, but this was... I had to scroll back through four days of... to get to this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the rest is him. Oh, he's like begging for people to give him magic stones. He, he's got he's got like a PayPal address. If anyone wants to gift me, I like things that have 
lots of thought put into them or something well crafted magic yeah. healing stones are already good too or I can take direct donations at paypal.me slash Guardian. also buy from me at cwcshopping com. thanks and then other than that he hasn't tweeted much other than just begging since the movie yeah and he says never retiring the medallion ever as well apparently I, for a while, I thought he had stopped wearing it, but he, he's brought it back. I wonder if anyone there recognized him at, and, like, <laughs> I mean, he must, he's, like, well-known in the Sonic community. Like, I guarantee some people from, like, the like area trolls, like, went to the theater with him to, like, watch his, his behavior. Because they all, like, always show up at his courtroom trials, and they, like, record him when he's at the local game stores and stuff. Yeah. Like, there should be just, like, a like an hour-and-a-half video that they upload of just, like, CWC watching the Sonic movie, like, live reactions the first time. Like, that would be something that they should probably upload on the QB Farms. <laughs> so we're not copyright violation. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, man. <clears throat> okay, so, uh, I guess I don't really have much more to say about the movie that I can say without spoiling it or anything. Uh, but it's just a it's just a fun, uh, simple like kids movie. Uh, it does have like some emotional themes with Sonic trying to uh, find friends, and uh, uh, you know uh, it has some humor with Doctor Eggman. Yeah. The, the the design of Sonic is not bad, and uh, neither is the design of the other character who appears in the mid credits scene, who also used his voice actor from the. Uh, from the current video games, uh-huh. uh, which Daft was commenting on in the in the chat earlier, right? So they, they have a lot of things that they um, the little Easter eggs they threw out to to fans, and some people might not be pleased with some of the changes or whatever, like his arm color or his eye color or these sort of autistic things that Sonic fans get upset about. Yeah. But um, it's basically a good translation of the of the franchise to to the the movie screen. Um, you know, I'm sure people, there are some Sonic fans out there who probably thought that they left out this element of the comics or the cartoon or the game that should have been in there, but uh, you have to make it relatable, so they had to put him in like a more realistic environment, I guess, and not just go totally fantasy with it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that was a, that was a good move, uh, because that made it where um, kids could relate to the character more. Because the character is very childlike in this. Uh, he has these big eyes, I mean, Sonic always had big eyes, but they're the sort of big eyes of like uh, an anime girl or something, where you always see them shimmering, and uh, they're uh, like always getting close-ups on them to show his uh, reactions to stuff. And uh, like when Sonic is scared or when Sonic is happy or whatever, uh, you can really see it in his face. Like it's it's good quality CGI where uh, he's very expressive. So it was and, worth uh, it to, to to delay the movie to get the expressions right instead of like what we got last year. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, the man. first uh, that first trailer was really bad, and people thought this was gonna suck big time. Yeah, and uh, and they were all like freaking out about it, and I was like, yeah, this movie's gonna suck. Like you can't make Sonic in live action. Like it's just gonna it's just gonna what suck. What did you like, think was gonna happen? Like it. it was gonna be good. <laughs> But then they, they then they like responded to the fan reaction and they actually made it good. So I was like, oh, well, that was a fucking surprise. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they I mean, care. Yeah, like usually uh, there's like a bunch of fan reaction, 
and they like double down on the shittiness or something like with the, like the Ghostbusters uh, remake or whatever uh-huh. or you know like everybody was like thumbs down in the trailer on on YouTube and then it bombed anyway and now they're already having to get again with like a different cast like two years later or something or three years later they're already making another Ghostbusters movie mm-hmm. <laughs> and just pretending that last one didn't happen I mean, I'm pretending the last one didn't happen. I never saw it, so there you go. Yeah. It's not as bad as Birds of Prey. I'll give it a yeah, It got a lot of backlash just because people wanted the original actors. Um, but it, it was not a great movie, though, uh, or anything. It was kind of a stupid movie. But it, it, I saw it on TV years later after it came out. Um, gotcha. Speaking of movies I saw on TV, I'm going to quickly trash the Teen Titans or Teen Titans Go movie, and then we can go on to closing remarks or call it around for whatever. Sure. Um, so I saw this uh, this morning. Um, I tried to record it last night, but uh, it didn't record properly, and I think probably the reason why is because they changed the schedule at the last minute to air Thundercats Roar after it, some guy what Josh was saying on the chat, mm-hmm. which I did not see yet, but it's like a new remake of Thundercats with like uh, cow like, art style as they call it yeah I, I, I don't I just don't get like you know you, you do something that's I, I guess like if it's similar it's like oh it's cow arts it's like that's such a bullcrap like style I mean or aesthetic and it's just even universe design it's like how everything is now it's the design of the Fucking, what was it called? Forever Twelve or whatever? That weird cartoon by that uh, pedophile yes. woman that got yes. fired. Yes. Uh, yeah. That it's that design of like a like a teenager who never really learned how to draw properly, and it's like a bunch everybody's of curvy and round because that shows fat positivity or some crap. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the it's the design of like a pudgy like. Uh, feminist teenager emo or something. Yeah. Uh, doing like live journal or deviant art or whatever the hell it's called. Exactly. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that's now like uh, gonna deface the like most manly like badass cartoon of my childhood, which I have like my earliest memories of like watching Thundercats on uh, Moltar Tsunami. Yeah. Um, and it's like fucking Lion-O with a giant sword battling against this like wicked mummy character that transforms and has this like demonic laugh and sarcophagus and uh it's like this totally badass like dark kind of show and then they're going to turn it into some fucking like doodle drawings uh, that are drawn on a computer by some a teenage intern or something. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I am very prejudiced against it without having seen it, as you can tell, just from the, the trailer. But uh, I have a feeling it's going to be bad. But uh, but I'll give it a shot. I'll try to watch it um, when it airs on Saturday morning. Uh, but I have a feeling I'm going to drop it after one episode, like I did with the Ninja Turtles cartoon, which was just like that. Yeah. Uh, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I saw one episode and I'm done with this shit. It's just like terrible. Uh, they had like fucking Splinter is like a couch potato. He's like this 300 pound rat watching what? TV, and it's like this is not a martial arts master. You're disgracing Master Splinter. <laughs> <laughs> like Splinter was like as a as a main villain guy. Like I, you no, know, Splinter is a, a sensei. Couch, but... 
Oh, the I was thinking Shredder. God, I get those two confused. But Shredder yeah, like, was not even in it, which was what? like, where's Shredder? I've, I've because heard without Shredder, you episodes. wouldn't have uh, Bebop and Rocksteady or the um, the brain thing in the stomach of that. What or Krang? Krang? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was worse than Bay Turtles, which, uh, in retrospect, that doesn't seem so bad compared to this cartoon. I haven't uh, seen I, any of the Bay Turtles movies yet. I just know I bought, like, the 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 Blu-ray collector's edition on sale on Big, uh, uh, during Black Friday that had, like, the Tortuga, like, dump truck or whatever. So, like, it's like, I was, it's all housed in this, the like, lunch, it's like in this lunchbox, but it looks like a, a garbage truck or something. Okay, and it was like eight yeah. bucks, and I'm like, I'm like, I can't pass this up for eight bucks, so I, I went ahead I mean, and got it. I liked them more than the Transformers movies by him. They're, I mean, they're 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 stupid, um, but uh, and, I mean, I guess making socks is hot. Uh, you know, they're kind of more. Uh, it's easier to tell what's going on in them than Transformers because they're like, even though the turtles are fucking ugly CGI. Uh, they're not quite as ugly as some of those robots were, and, yeah. uh, and, and it's uh, it's not as complicated as some of the plots of the Transformers with the like absurd like flying all over the world to get the MacGuffin or whatever yeah. uh, uh, nonsense was going on with the Cybertronian technology or whatever that they're going after this time. You know, I, I mean they're okay, but some of the changes to the origin were dumb, and the and they really are ugly looking turtles. Um, I, yeah, I kind of like the CGI designs so like the 2007 CGI movie, but uh, the base turtles are pretty ugly. They're it's like armored core design, very angrily, angry, angularly, and pointy, and yeah, yeah, it's just not like really friendly looking. Like, they they look like actual turtles, which is the problem with the Sonic movie first trailer was that they tried to make him look like an actual hedgehog. And uh, yeah. so he had these like pointy nose and like these little beady eyes. And the and hentai the banana quills and the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ban- banana nose and hentai quills, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they, they they made him look like a, like a real hedgehog and uh, it's just kind of like, well, that's a bit weird. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, they, they made him more like the... Uh, Sonic Adventure design in this, uh, except for his eyes are not uh, one big eye with like the the white connecting in the middle like it does. In, oh yeah, uh, the 3D games. Uh, yeah, you know it's uh in this he does have two distinct. Eyes. Um, but I think it would be distracting if there was just one big mono eye mm-hmm. on the big screen. I think it would be too creepy uh, looking if you put that in a real environment with humans. Uh, I don't know. It, at one point, they try to disguise him uh, when he's in the bar by putting like sunglasses on him and uh, an outfit and stuff. Uh, and then the, the woman that's serving them thinks he's a kid, uh, and, and he, he gives the excuse of, "Oh no, he just has a rare uh, skin condition." And this line was in some of the commercials too. Oh uh, but it's just like uh, I don't know. They, they kind of play it off as a, as a joke, like the fact that characters even in this world, like uh, yeah. A lot of people don't even see it. Obviously, the bar scene is the most notable event, but, uh, yeah. Well, it's not a bar, exactly. It's like some sort of a rodeo uh, dive bar, I guess you call it, where they've got, like, a mechanical... Yeah. Like, it's riding and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I never Titans <laughs> because I got the tirade. Uh, so yeah. the, the Teen Titans versus Teen Titans go. Uh, that one, uh, I, I watched it, and uh, uh, a lot of people were hoping before this came out that there was going to be uh, Teen Titans Season 6 because uh, what we've been seeing in recent years was um, a lot of projects getting revived uh, mm-hmm. that were previously dead um, on services like the DC uh website, whatever you call it, DC Nation or something, yeah. DC Universe, yeah. I think was was the block on Cartoon Network, but, um, which had Young Justice, and Young Justice ended up coming back uh, on this DC Nation or DC Universe website uh, streaming service, uh, along with the, the live-action Titans, and uh, they have some other stuff on there, like um, Swamp Thing, which got canceled after one season, and uh, Doom Patrol, which got renewed, I don't know how, I saw it very bad. Um, and uh, uh, and so people were thinking, well, maybe they'll bring back Teen Titans on there because they're like teasing it on uh, social media, like, oh, yeah. the original Titans are returning. They had like a, a video that hyped it by showing like uh, the original Titans again, on YouTube. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and then they, and then what they sprung on us was this shit, and uh, and it's like a cool insult to fans of the original Teen Titans show. Uh, they've got in the audience when the Teen Titans are fighting the Teen Titans go. Uh, they have the, a fanboy uh, that's got a uh, like a, a big a sign saying uh, Teen Titans go ruined my childhood because you see a lot of uh, oh Teen Titans gosh. fans saying this kind of stuff on social media. Yeah, and uh, the uh, the the writers of the show are extremely thin-skinned about it. I've never seen a show like this where almost every episode. They've got some line uh, complaining about uh, the hate mail they get or something. Uh, Beast Boy will just be browsing the internet, reading out like insults that have been sent to the uh, Teen Titans Go crew or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just like they they have this like extreme vendetta against the fans. <laughs> yeah, I get it. They probably get like a whole lot of like uh, Twitter messages from people who are like, "Your shitty shows on TV all day. Uh, you fucked up the Teen Titans." But yeah, obviously they made this as like a like an fu to these fans. Like the whole thing mm-hmm. is just an fu to the fans of the original show. Um, they, they, it's just a bunch of jokes. Like the original Teen Titans are so serious and that's boring. The new Teen Titans make jokes about butts and that's so much funnier. <laughs> and it's it's like the same stuff you've seen in the Young Justice episode. Of Teen Titans Go, yeah. where they're just straight up, they they like pull out a ratings graph at one point, and like a Teen Titans Go Robin is like rapping out of because uh, they always do like songs which are like poorly disguised rants, and mm-hmm. so he's like uh, rapping out this message at the at the the, <laughs> at the original Robin because uh, the original Robin is like you're so lame, Robin from Teen Titans Go, you have baby. And because there's some joke they run into the ground, Teen Titans Go they get baby, and, and so Teen Titans Go Robin is like, uh, <laughs> look, your ratings went down at this point, and it's like, this is, and look at ours are through the roof. This is just total bullshit. If you actually look at what happened with Teen Titans, the original show was supposed to last four seasons. It was one of the top-rated shows on Cartoon Network. That it was. So they yes. so so they gave it a fifth season. Uh, it was airing when other action shows 
had already stopped airing on uh, weekdays still. Mm -hmm. uh, they kept airing it on uh, Magusa after Toonami left weekdays, for mm -hmm. instance, uh, for several years. It kept airing on Kids WB until like 2008 or something when uh, four kids took it over mm -hmm. and uh, started filling it up with uh, anime. Uh, so it was extremely popular. It was airing for years after it ended. Uh, there's still a huge interest in it. Uh, the comic book that was based on it went on for years after it ended. And uh, it's one of the best remembered shows from that era of oh, oh yeah. superhero cartoons. I mean, I had I had I knew people in high school that were like huge fans of the Teen Titans and talked about it, like especially like the hardcore nerds, and like they said nothing but positive things about that show. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. There were people who hated it at the time, of course. Um, we talked about this before um, at one point uh, with one of our guests uh, that at the time, if you looked at Toon Zone, for instance, in the early 2000s, uh, you would see a lot of people trashing it and saying, uh, why isn't this Bruce Tim design? This sucks compared to JLU or something. Uh, so there, there were people who were like resistant to the change or whatever, but uh, because it was more anime inspired designs. Right. Um, and it, people liked the big square shouldered uh, Batman animated series style designs. Uh, and personally, I like both designs, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at the time it was controversial, and uh, but but now people remember it finally, and so people thought, oh well, they're going to bring this back, right? Uh, that's what this trailer's about, and then they get this thing, and like, oh, they've got Trigon in it. It's going to be so cool. He's this ultimate badass villain. He's you know the first villain from the uh, New Teen Titans comic in the '80s, which brought the team together. Mm -hmm. uh, he's always got these big uh, story arcs where he uh, will take possession of Raven. And it'll be this big emotional arc for her. And they do that here, um, but it's just a total joke. Like, they, they do have, like, one little flashback where it shows, oh, he was, uh, uh, he was, uh, defeated previously by the White Raven in the, uh, in the Teen Titans cartoon, uh, after she controlled her emotions and, uh, mm -hmm. became good and everything. And, uh, and that's like the one throwback to any specific thing that even happened in the original Teen Titans show. Other than that, it's just like, oh, we're just going to make so-called serious versions of the Teen Titans from Teen Titans Go and have them then not even be that serious and do the same thing that the Teen Titans Go Titans are doing. So you'll just have them joining in on a song about how silly the word Google Gala sounds or something like a like a children's like nursery rhyme or some shit. Jeez. And it's just like, okay, I don't think the original Titans would have been doing this. And like, now we have to see them fight Santa Claus again. Uh, they do this constantly. Like how many times have they done episodes with they fight them fighting Santa Claus? But when Trigon shows up, uh, after all this nonsense with all these stupid villains like Santa Claus, uh, they have, uh, they have him uh, hopping around on one leg. And then they have, like, the other Trigon is, like, trying to fit a drink cup into his mouth. Mm -hmm. And, uh, like, maybe uh, maybe Mike banned the big enough drinks for this or something because they're having a hard time fitting the drinks into his mouth. It's, mm -hmm. like, some small drink, and they're trying to... He's, like, moving his face around too much because he's hopping on one leg. And he goes on and on with this stupid gag. And then while this is going on, the Ravens, they just escape. Like, this is supposed to be this big, like, menacing villain who's always portrayed as, like, this ultimate big bad. Like the Titans equivalent of Dark Side or Thanos or something, and uh, and then they just like they make a total joke out of him, even though he's animated in a furious-looking style, 
Uh, he's just doing stupid shit. The whole thing is just I'm doing stupid shit like they always do. And uh, <laughs> it's just a Teen Titans Go movie. I mean, maybe some of the gags land, but uh, a lot of them don't. And it's like a really juvenile thing. Like after the two Titan, uh, the two Trigons merge, uh, they call him Hexagon. And then they spend several like minutes just laughing about the fact that he now has two butts. Like, he merged, so the two of them together, they have two butts. And then they just keep <laughs> laughing about this until he like blasts them. And uh, and it's just like, okay, yeah, this is the same thing as in the the first Teen Titans Go movie, where in the trailer you can see they're they're like there's like a, a monster, and they're just making jokes about how the monster has a butt the whole time. And it's like, yeah, this show is written for like dumb children to keep them dumb. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of, he's talking to me right now. He's he's just like, oh, I would have joined earlier if I knew you guys were recording. And I was just like, we're still talking. If you want to jump on, oh, I'm in the middle of something. Oh, okay. So that's that's his so, loss. So he wouldn't so. have hopped on because he was not in the middle of something. middle of whatever. I don't know. Maybe in the middle of a threesome. Who knows? This is Daft. So. <laughs> so we can. Okay, I'll tell him he can get on if he wants. Well, I already but told I'm him that. I said, I said, we're still talking. John's raining on Teen Titans Go. Um, no, I've, I've vented my, my anger at this film. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and and uh, I don't have much more to say. Um, do you have anything for like closing remarks kind of stuff? Um, the only thing I can say is I did buy a gun over the weekend. Yeah. You did post a picture of that. Yes. So I went, I went to the uh, Greenville Gun Show. Uh, I got my state income tax money in like Thursday or Friday, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and spend part of this on a firearm, preferably something between three and $400. I feel like it's a good deal. And I went there to get like a, a, a Smith & Wesson 357 because uh, I am considering doing a concealed weapons permit. Um, that is, that's something I've thought about for a while, so I figured, okay, why not? So I go to the gun show, and I'm shopping around looking at uh, revolvers and a lot of them were pro- about priced the same. But the people that had were selling things I wanted. Uh, there was one guy that had like a Taurus 357. They were selling for like 270, which is a probably actually is a really good price. And I was like, you know, what? and I felt pretty good about it. I was just like, you know what, I'll I'll come back to you. I'm gonna shop around some more. And so I went to a private dealer, and he had a Inner Arms uh, reproduction of the Carl Walther PPK. Um, that was made, according to them, they made these in the 70s of the reproduction models. And it was just the gun itself and a magazine for like 400 bucks, which is like the best deal you can get on a Walther. Uh, even if it's a reproduction. And because they had other people that were selling like German Walthers, uh, either pre or post war, and they're usually about 600 bucks and up. Uh, that's just how firearms are priced. Um, there was a, a CZ booth. Uh, CZ is a Czechoslovakian weapons company. Uh, their booth, they were selling CZs for like above 625 and I was just like, that's well out of my price range. And um, so anyways, yeah, so I, I go back to the... I see my brother and I'm like, yeah, because I, I, I wanted a freaking Walther because it's the freaking James Bond gun. And... I thought about it and I was like, oh, I had I a feeling that. that was the reason why. <laughs> yes, that is exactly the reason why because, like, the thing is, like, I'm never going to find a deal that good on a Walther. And the closest to it is an Argentinian company called uh, Bursa. They make the Bursa Thunder. It's the model is about the same as a Walther or the PPK, but 
it's it's modeled differently. And I got to shoot one a few weeks ago um, at a my brother's friend's place. He has an older brother who has one. He brought one over from his house. And I said, yeah, sure, I'll test it out. So I know what a 380 shoots like, and it's really good. So I went back to the guy's booth, and I got it, and I was like, you know, ah, F it. Here's my money. So I, I put gave him 400 bucks on the spot because I wasn't going to haggle with the guy because I'm just like, dude, this is this is a deal. Like, this is – I cannot complain with this. Um, so I went ahead and got um, – I went to, like, one guy that was, like, right over from the where I bought this gun from, and he had, like, a bunch of magazines. So, like, he found, like, the one extra Walther 380 magazine that he had, and I was able to snap into the gun, and then I was able to buy some ammunition, and so that was about it. So I will test fire that sucker on Friday at, uh, at a guy's house that my brother's friend's with, and so I can kind of get used to it. Um, so, yeah, it's it's I finally purchased a weapon, and... You figured, oh, Dustin, you're you're at a gun show. Like you're supposed to go through background checks. Well, you're yes and no. Yes, if you're buying from a dealer. No, if it's from a private seller. And these gun shows have that big loophole where basically, yeah, you can buy anything. And this guy didn't ask questions if I was an ex-felon or whatever, because if if you are a felon, you can't get a weapon unless you have like uh, papers and stuff to prove that like your the government's cleared you to buy like a personal firearm. Um, but like I never got asked. So we should be clear here that uh, you're not a felon. I am not a felon. I have two ch- speeding tickets, but yeah. nothing that's ever put me in jail. Knock on wood, if I you know that I never go. Um, yeah, but just for the purpose of uh, you know future situations in which uh, people with unregistered guns or something may end up having them confiscated if they have like some retroactive like. Uh, people who bought these guns through the gun show loophole, uh, we're going to have to take these guns back because these people might all be mass shooters or something. You know, if someone like Mayor Bloomberg gets in there, they're going to be thinking about this, and uh, he's going to try to buy his way into the White House and mm-hmm. and start doing what he did to New York, to the whole country. Mm-hmm. Well, what was it? Virginia's going through that uh, AR-15 ban right now, and I think they're trying to get a bill to appeal the, uh, the thing that the governor put in. So they're fighting it, which I mean, you know, it, it comes. It boils down to mind your own damn business. With um, Virginia, it's so intense that I mean, there was this rally that uh, Alex Jones showed up at. In yeah, but tank. there was nothing that happened there. It didn't get violent. Yeah. It was very peaceful. Yeah. Whereas for an Antifa rally, they they're there to cause violence. And here we go yeah. again into politics talk. So why the heck not? Well, the issue of the gun is inherently political in the modern context, but uh, uh, because half of the country doesn't accept its legitimacy as an ownable item, so you just purchase an item. So it's kind of like you have to talk about the whole controversy involving the item on some level. Yeah. Uh, since it's there's like a fifty-fifty chance that you know at some point you may no longer be allowed to own that item. Because, I mean, if you're looking at Virginia, well, I think that they're about to do some sort of confiscation thing under this uh, this governor that, uh, you know, wears blackface and everything. <laughs> and yeah. half the state is, has passed laws saying they don't respect these state laws. And, that, and some counties in the West are looking at the seceding and joining West Virginia. So it's it's going to be a real crisis if they try to do something like this. Well, but... you, you go through the if you go through like okay, so the people that are really screwed in this are the ones that bought ARs from a gun store, and the government's going through every single sale and looking up every single serial number and seeing who owns the gun. Now, if you're buying it from a private seller, 
you don't have to worry about paperwork or crap because it's basically a trade or for you know for goods and services or whatever. So that's the same thing that happened to me. So the government doesn't know that I that I I own. Well, okay, like if the government happens to listen to this podcast, whatever, <laughs> no one's gonna freaking care. Anyways, but like it's the fact that like if I really get in trouble and someone really wants to wrap me out for whatever. But as far as as of this recording right now, the government does not know that I own that gun. And they're never going to know because it's not on their system, and I don't want them to know because it's none of their damn business. Yeah. Well, I think that if uh, if Mayor Bloomberg actually manages to buy his way to the nomination and runs on this issue, it's not going to be very popular. No. I mean, uh, there are these uh, videos that keep coming out of him uh, where he's demeaning the people in uh, Iowa. He's like, you people dig a hole, you put some seed in it, and you grow some corn. How complicated is this? You're not going to be able to adapt to the 21st century. And, uh, you know, uh, very New Yorker-style attitude. What an asshole. But, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so this guy, I think he's, he's not going to be able to win the middle of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another one where he's talking about the middle of the country where he uh, is, is talking about... Uh, he, he says... We here in uh, this enlightened room, and, and I don't know where exactly this was being recorded, where all these things keep coming out from, but uh, we uh, respect the rights of the individual trans person, but in uh, the, the middle of the country, try telling people in Iowa that they're going to let a, a boy wearing a woman's dress into a woman's locker room. Uh, I got a million dollars for you if you can sell this to them or something like that. Like he's just trying to like come up with ways to sell something to them that like uh, on some level he knows they don't want. Like he like he's trying to trick people uh, like mm-hmm. publicly, mm-hmm. and they keep coming out all these clips of of him saying all these things that it's it's just like I don't think he can win. I think Trump is going to get reelected, and I don't think you have anything to worry about. The, with the Second Amendment, you know, like, yeah. I think that Trump is going to protect it. He's not going to pass any sort of gun control, so that's like five more years. And uh, and especially if Bloomberg runs heavily on this issue and loses, I feel like they will. The Democrats may drop the issue. Um, and, like for a while, they kind of dropped it in the, uh, the early 2000s because they thought that Al Gore lost a lot of states that Clinton had won in the 90s because mm-hmm. Al Gore was a big gun control guy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, Kerry didn't really run very much on the issue, and I guess Obama was kind of in favor of gun control, but he didn't really do much. I mean, he didn't. I, what laws actually changed under Obama with guns? So I think they're kind of afraid to touch the issue because they know that a lot of people in swing states own guns and don't want them being taken away. Yeah. The, the thing is, it's the the Second Amendment is made for people to to defend themselves or to even overthrow the government if the government becomes too powerful, which it has become overpo- you know, overpowered, but you get in this whole... All right, all right, so I'm getting the Alex Jones territory, but whatever. You're getting this whole part process of like the government is turning people into mindless zombies depending on what political party you listen to. You know, and... You know, it's like, you know, there is there needs to be a... Because there, there will be a time that... You know, we got militia groups and stuff that are there sort of for a reason to overthrow the government if the power gets too out of control. And, like, it's leading to there. I don't think it's there yet. 
because we have depending on who we have in the office but like you know it's going to get to a point where like you know you you put this country in a tyrannical state and yeah it benefits people that want to have like all this stuff but to the rest of them that don't they're going to try to overthrow the sucker and they're probably going to succeed pretty well is my guess yeah um, you imagine if like as, you ima- okay, as you Alex imagine Jones if, puts it, seventeen seventy six will commence again. You imagine if like you get these armed militia rednecks that get the Chinese to support them. It's the Cold War all over again. The imagine. Chinese, I, I, I just, think the Chinese would be supporting the the Democrats. I figured China would want to overthrow this country so they can gain they gain control because I'm waiting for China to invade us. Well, the way China is trying to take control is through immigration and uh, and electing it, and then having them, you know. Okay. I mean, this, uh, you know, there are so many people that live here that are that are dual citizens with China. Uh-huh. Like they're gonna, many of these people are members of the Chinese Communist Party. It's the only party in China. You get nonstop indoctrination from that party. They control what you read. They control the internet you use. A lot of these people are true believing communists and uh, you know since we have a million people coming in every year pretty large percentage of that is Chinese people mm-hmm. uh, you do see cases of our technology being taken back to China and they create bootleg versions of it yeah I mean China is doing well with the current system I feel like what would happen is maybe uh, if Trump loses or something and he claims that the election is rigged uh, you know, maybe the Russiagate conspiracy theorist might have a point. He would, like, get Putin's help to to get the the rednecks uh, riled up uh, through the NRA or something. You know, they had this woman, Maria Butina, who was, like, a Russian uh, agent uh, that was uh, contributing to the NRA or something, and all the Russiagate people were like, look, they're funding terrorist uh, organizations trying to overthrow our government or something. Like, David Hogg and the park people were saying this kind of oh, stuff. yeah. Uh, Maybe there's a grain of truth to that. I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen now because Trump can just win democratically uh, because the Democrat candidates are so weak. Uh, and, and, and all this stuff is just going to not happen for a number of years. And maybe the Democrats will then become more moderate uh, because they keep losing elections. Um, and they'll d- drop like the divisive like hatred of the middle of the country that they have that makes it impossible for them to win these states. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I was looking up like gun holsters for my Walther. Like, as you were talking about Sonic or whatever the heck, or no, Bert. I think it was. No, I listened to Birds and Prey, but it was Sonic because it was so positive. Okay. And I was just like, I'm gonna see what Walther holsters are like. So I'm kind of like, I was paying attention, but yeah, was, yeah. So, anyways, that's kind of what I was doing. There weren't any awkward pauses or anything that were too long, so I think it should be. Yeah. The audience wouldn't know better. I mean, whoops. <laughs> yeah. Probably should, I, mean, I, I should probably edit that. Yeah. <laughs> um, shoot, anyways. That's kind of all I got to say on that. I will say this. Uh, so, oh, shoot. So the gun show is this kind of doubled as like a, 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 his, like a history museum thing. And it's cool because like you got like these uh, like these veteran groups or whatever come out there and they have like replica if not actual like weaponry from World War Two. Like there's one VA place, I think in South Carolina somewhere. I think it's like probably at, I don't think it's Abbeville, but anyways, um they have like an actual a German MG forty two, like with the actual mount on it. And I remember seeing that years ago when the last time I went to the gun show. 
And they had that there, but then there's also people that had like a like you go in the back rows and so there's people like with like vintage like World War Two weapons like the M one and M two carbine, the M one Grand, stuff like that, uh Russian and German equipment. Um and then they also like would have all this stuff, like American weapons on top of like a like an like a, a not a capture Nazi flag. Like draped <laughs> over a table. There was a lot of that there. Um, I knew that kind of stuff would be there because you posted pictures from these things before where they are like Nazi flags, and I'm like, yeah. how is the SPLC not like at these events trying to shut because them down? Because they don't like, want to put You guns. have a Nazi flag. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I remember the best one. They're like, afraid few... to even go there. I exactly. Bet. That's why they don't know. So, what was great was um, I remember a few years ago there was a guy like white trash redneck guy had like a bunch of like American weapons and stuff like draped over like a table. And he goes to get lunch, and he drapes it all with like a, like a, a a Nazi flag from World War II, and then behind him is like Nazi uniforms and stuff, and then like on the top of all this was the Trump like uh like a, a Trump oh presidential sign, and I know I took a picture of that. I'm just like, yes, man, that does it. not look good. And it was funny because this is like uh, this is 2012, so you had like a, a 2012. Ted, yeah, this is he has like a Ted Cruz. No, uh, 20, 2016, excuse me. Okay. Yeah, like a Ted Cruz table, like in halfway in the convention center. So oh. all the Republican people were setting up. So they had a Ted Cruz area. And then I go to this, like, you know, white trash redneck dude that covers up American guns with a Nazi flag with a Trump, like, with a Trump, uh, you know, gra- like a, you know, sign or whatever on top of, like, a Nazi uniform. I'm just like, dead gun, this guy does not care. Um,. It was actually, but anyways, it was really great because that was like it wasn't just all Nazi stuff. It was like Imperial Japanese. That's all like Imperial Japanese flags that were captured. And I was like, dang gum, I really would like to have one of those. Um, Do they have any fascist Italy flags? No, I didn't see any. Uh, they had some. It- I don't even weapons. know what that flag looks like, to be honest. I, I can't even remember at this point because like nobody talks about the fascist, the fascism of the uh, the Italians or whatever. They don't care. It, it, it is weird. People use the term fascism. They're usually referring to Nazis. Like nobody actually cares about Italy. But the Italians were the most fascist under Mussolini. That's where the term comes from. Like he was the yes. original fascist. Yes, he was. He was fascist before Hitler became fascist. Oh. But um. Yeah, it was really cool. Like they had, um, they had like people dressed up as like uh, Polish soldiers or something, um, and they had like some artillery that's been reconstructed, like in one corner of the of the, the convention center. So like it's it's like history museum that's like real like you want to go see. That's really cool. Um, Were they doing like Civil War? I mean, not Civil War, but like World War Two reenactments in there during? Yeah, no, 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 nothing like that. Um, okay. It was just really just displaying things. I think there was somebody selling like a, 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 a what was it, a thirty caliber machine gun that you can assemble for like two thousand bucks or something. It's like, oh, it's all in pieces, but um, we'll sell it. You know, it's it's yours for two thousand bucks. You just got to assemble it. It's literally like eight pieces. It's not that hard to put together. You just got to get just the say a machine gun. Yes, yeah, so they're selling it's a machine. To sell. Gun. Well, here's the th- here's the American laws on guns. So at a gun show, you can't sell anything that's fully automatic. So they have, like, um, civilian M16s and AR-15s, but they're all single shot. Um, I didn't see anything with bump stocks, because you probably can't sell those there. Um, but there's no oh, telling that's that that's been banned now. Yeah, it's it's been banned for a while. Um, but there's nothing there's nothing stopping somebody from modifying their M16 to shoot fully automatic. I mean, you, you can't... I mean, like, it's their gun. They can do whatever they want to it. Um... But I know, like the like, there's no way that M60 
is a single shot M60. They don't make M60s and 50 calibers. They they make it to shoot a bunch of bullets all at once. And they're just like, here's a kit, but like there wasn't any any ammunition to it, so it's just like whatever. So I got a picture of that because I'm just like, I mean. That's why gun control is ultimately impossible. I mean, there's thousands of events like this yeah, that are happening all around the country yeah, every and, day. Yeah, and the thing is, it's what was it? Outside the uh, the sign up thing, there was an NRA table, and the people were like, "Hey, if you sign up for the NRA, we'll get you in for free." And I'm just like, "Nah, I'm good," because they're trying to hassle people. My brother has a thing against the NRA now. He's just like, "Dude, no, you know, f them." Well, what is his grievance with them? Um. There was something in the past year or so. I think they're... I don't know if it's just them... Like, kind of like... I think it's a lobbyist thing. On, um, Does he think they're, like, not strong <laughs> enough? Or what? I can't remember his his reasons. He, he would have to... You have to tell me more about him. I, I remember him telling me. I know there's, like, a rival gun rights group called Gun Owners of America that's... Uh... They, they call the NRA, like, Cox, basically. I, I, they... I, think, it, I think it's basically, like... The NRA is kind of given into political correctness in a way, or like these, like you know, what was it like with Walmart? They can sell weapons, but you can't buy ammunition from them anymore. So, but they've been selling ammunition for years, and it's only ta- it only takes and I, and I mean, I think that's one instance where the NRA is like, oh, we need to support that or whatever. It's just like, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess this is kind of like, but you have to go to like a gun store or a pawn shop to buy ammunition or whatever the heck. Uh, but Walmart's always been the area that you can just run in there and get the the ammunition you need, and like that's where I've gotten like you know like other wet, like ammunition in the past, because Walmart's such a general area and they have a hunting section, but you got to go somewhere else to get ammunition. It just doesn't make sense, and it's just like they're kind of I guess the, I don't know, it's caving under political pressure. I get it, but it's like it's not your guys' fault, you know, like. Didn't they also stop carrying that notorious gun that was used in many school shootings? Well, it's, I've always seen. I think they might have carried AR-15s at one point, but they've they've basically like you know sell like shotguns and like Winchester yeah, rifles, it but it's for hunting. Like... So, anyways, um, so they don't sell handguns at one. <clears throat> no, they don't sell hand. They'll sell BB, BB guns there, but they won't sell handguns. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, um, um, I'm just trying to think. But, but but yeah, I mean the issue is they say. The Democrats all campaign on close the gun show. They never say how they're going to do that. Like, these are private uh, venues that are happening everywhere. They're not even necessarily happening above board, if you know what I mean. Like, some of them are just happening at random flea markets in little towns where people don't have a license to set up this booth or anything. They just show up with a table and just start selling, and there's no taxation, there's no government agents watching them. This yeah. happens all over this country because it's a decentralized <laughs> country yeah. that has millions of little towns uh, where people own guns. So it's like, what are you going to do? Like, How are you going to stop that, Like, realistically? I... Are you not? Yeah. Without tyranny? Yeah, I, I, you, you can't. And like, you know, for me, my example of me buying the Walther I got, it was from a private seller. So he just paid the money for the booth and that was it. I mean, I'm sure they had to follow like a background check to, you know, make sure they're clean. And, uh, you know, there's also some things regarding um, selling. Like if you're a dealer at these gun shows, like you have to like do it. You can do a quick background check on someone. Um, usually my brother, when he bought like a, I think my mom, her Smith & Wesson 38. 
uh, a few years ago. Uh, they had a, it was like a ten minute background check. So, but he got it from an actual dealer instead of a private seller. So it all really depends uh-huh. on who you're buying it from. And some people are just like you know they they it, they come there. It's a flea market basically. Like in a flea market, it's so unregulated, and it's stupid to try to regulate one of those things. Yeah, I mean, have you ever been to the Round Top flea market in Texas? No, I have not. Okay, it's a very large flea market. Where, where, where is it located? It's located in Round Top. Where is Round Top? Middle of fucking nowhere. But it's just like a big garage sale town. <laughs> okay, so what city, main city, is closest to Round Top in the middle of effing nowhere? Uh, that's a good question. Maybe College Station. I don't know. It's not far from here. Okay, but, uh, if it's not far from you, so it's near College Station. Okay. I'll I'll look how many miles it is. It's probably like an hour from here, but okay. you know it's it's in like central Texas. It's a yeah. big event. People show up there every year. It goes on for weeks. Huh. There's it goes on for miles. It's like uh, redneck Woodstock. It's like there's table after table of like guns and uh, country music and cowboy boot and uh, fishing gear and whatever. Uh, they have all that stuff there. Is the government going to come in with an army and destroy Round Top as like an enemy encampment? Like, on some level, you can't do this. Like, it's it's just a big area where people are very heavily armed, and yeah, there'd be a you know, John, if you tried to. I remember the last time the government tried to interfere with people that also had weapons in Texas, and that was the Waco incident. Yes, that's why they don't do this stuff anymore. Exactly. Um, well, here's especially the... because that caused blowback. I mean, after that, you had. Uh, you had terrorists like Tim McVeigh who started blowing up government buildings mm-hmm. in response to that yeah. incident. And so they were like, we don't want people to get angry at us and blow up our buildings, so we're just like not going to try to take their guns away. And they kind of yeah. backed down. Well, I, what was interesting is like the fact that like you know I go to this gun show and they got people with like, you know, like vintage historical Nazi flags there, which is like it's really cool to see. Um, but we got one guy in our church who's like kind of our leftist Christian kind of person. And he, my brother was showing him some photos, and he got really offended when we showed him a Nazi flag. He's like, well, you can't sell that. You shouldn't be able to have that. And my brother's like, well, yes, you can. It's freedom of speech. And that's also none of your damn business. And, you know, they're, it's, it's not breaking, they're not breaking the law. They can have that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it offends someone. There's nothing in the law that Nazi flags are banned. And that's freedom of speech right there. And, he, you know, it's the fact that it's people want to show you how much how they how it makes them feel. Oh, I don't like that. It doesn't matter what you like. Government doesn't give a fuck at how you feel. It's in the law. It's sort of bag up for people to have everyone equal freedom rights to whatever they have. It's none of your business. So if you get offended, okay, well then move on. Don't just cry about it and try to act like you're freaking right and righteous. I mean, wasn't this literally at a, a history museum that these flags were at that you're? Showing him, or well, this is this like, from this the previous like a, gun show. This is this is both the one I went to this last week, and it was like a history. It was like an exhibition, basically, and people brought whatever uh-huh. they had out there that they collected, which is really neat. And but the, but was it pictures from this, or was it the picture of the Trump banner with the with the Nazi stuff? Because I could see a leftist being really angry about that one. Well, yeah, at the time I could understand that. And now but they'd it, be like, "Look, this is the rise of Nazism. They've taken over this like, gun show." Yeah, president in bed with, you know. I the the thing is, it's just like it doesn't. You know what? No, it doesn't affect. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't offend me. Because why should it? 
And it's like, I know I don't support Nazi ideology, but I really like history. Like, I would be interested and fascinated if it was a, a booth there that had artifacts from Pol Pot's regime. Like, dead gum, like, there's nothing hardly left of that, I don't think. I've never seen anything of it. Or if it was, like, basically, like, NVA or Vietnam skulls. stuff. You know, there's, like, a mountain of skulls. There's that picture yeah. of, like, I'm the sure, of I'm Pol sure Pot. Pol Pot's regime had, like, a freaking, like, you know, fascist flag or whatever. And I would like to see it because it's just like it's interesting, it's fascinating. Like you know, because you don't see that kind of stuff here. And I don't know what it looks like. It's probably got a hammer on it, though. Yeah, uh, even if it was like a, I think there was an area where it was like Soviet flags or something. It was just, it was just really cool to see it because it is part of history, and you kind of display all this stuff. So it's just, you know, that's what people collect and that's what they wanted to show. And it, and it's like you know, hey, whatever, take it for what it is. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. And if you do, you do. There you go. It's not that freaking hard. You know, you don't have to look at this stuff. You're not entitled to be to be pleased and, you know, for everyone to pander your own damn ass. You know? <laughs> no, there I don't want any kind of leftist ideology or liberalism in my bones. That's why I'm acting this way on this podcast. My man baby, sure, why not? So uh, yeah, I just looked up the flag of the uh, of the uh, communist government of uh, Cambodia, yeah. and uh, it, it's the Angkor Wat, uh, which is this famous uh, Buddhist uh, temple that, or maybe it's a Hindu yeah. temple actually, right? Um, which is like a nat- national monument there. Uh, I guess this is probably not going to be seen as all that offensive because this monument existed. Uh, the communists took over and uh, it was not oh yeah it it eventually became a Buddhist temple so okay but but yeah it's it's still on the flag apparently Uh, they just have a more realistic version that's not red and yellow the colors of uh, of communism back then yeah um here, here's like the the modern version I posted. Okay. But, but yeah, I mean, I I don't think there would be any stigma at all about somebody posting a flag like selling a flag like that or having it on display at some sort of. Well, maybe maybe some of these uh, redneck gun collectors wouldn't appreciate communist flags being up. But. Uh... Well, I mean, they had a Russian they had a Russian flag, and Russian stuff there. It wasn't much. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Russia kind of makes more sense because it's more major. Uh, yeah, you know, that's country America where they fought. manufacture guns and stuff, right? Yeah, like what like kind of guns do they have in Cambodia? And, yeah, um, they probably have imported Russian guns in Cambodia during the war. You know, like yeah, they were but, being funded by. Uh, what was also what was also interesting was there was a guy that had a uh, like actual like German like iron crosses and stuff from Nazi Germany because they had the swastika in them. I don't. I'm not sure if they were reproduction or um, actual authentic ones, but one of them he one of the things he had was a shoulder patch for, like, a Nazi general. Like, the, the actual, like, uh, design of it. Um, and I believe the, like, a part of, like, a, a like a high iron cross or something for that. And I believe it was authentic. So, like, it was really cool looking to look at. Um, but I was just like, I, you know, I know because I, even if I own it, like, I can't show anybody that. <laughs> And if I do, they're yeah, like, you either you're not that? neo-Nazi, and it's like, oh, you're a bad person. I'm like, hey, you ought to join our neo-Nazi group. I'm like, no, either way is really bad. So, it's yeah. not going to show anyone. So, 
Anyway. Yeah, you, if you wear something like that, you're going to get a time fight in FIFA. Yeah, I, I remember the days of like Hell's Angels wearing like Nazi stuff, and it was just a sign of rebellion. It wasn't like, you know, maybe you know, maybe they really did hate Jews and stuff like that, or wanted like the Third Reich. I don't know, but it was like a sign of rebellion. And I just oh. like, okay, you know, whatever, you know, that's cool. Well, I mean, they kind of went with this like sort of like emo like. Uh you know, hell's angels, like, it's this sort of, like, satanic imagery, just trying to be, like, dark and edgy as possible. Like, we're these cool bikers that go around and we get in fights and we're uh, real badasses, look at our cool yeah. jackets, and, yeah. uh, yeah, that was kind of their aesthetic. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know, I got nothing else to say. Yeah, my throat's getting kind of dry here. <laughs> All right, yeah, I need to get. To I, I did a lot of talking on this episode uh, because you didn't see these movies. <laughs> no, nope, so, I was uh, just I was just a casual observer listening to it. Um, I'm in the same boat as the list, other listeners who listen to this. And yeah. if you are angry that I own a firearm or talked about anything, please leave it in the comment section. I would love to hear for, about it from you. <laughs> yeah. oh. uh, surprisingly, we don't get very much hate mail. I gosh. Other than from Daft. That don't count. Yeah. Um yeah, I figure people would be hating us and I think I think the people maybe do hate us and they're just like really quiet about it. like, oh that's that podcast that like talks pretty positive about the Republican, you know, party or whatever and they don't think Trump is that bad of a guy and you know. <laughs> yeah, there probably are people. Uh, you know, dislike our opinion. Yeah, if we're, we, we put our, we put, I mean, that's fine. That's great. You know, dislike our they, opinion. They can choose not to listen to us if they want to. Exactly. But, pe- but they can also hate listen and, and tell us why we're wrong, because at least we know we have, you know, people that are concerned about the things we say, and it's like, okay, well, you know, we'll talk about it with you. I got no problem with that, so. Yeah. I mean, in general, I don't think that we really need to be, like, arguing about politics with the <laughs> listeners or whatever. Um, I, I appreciate when they send us uh, like a comment saying uh, what sort gonna... of thing they want us to review next. Like I, I know that somebody was anticipating a Star Wars review before that came out. Well, we already nice. did that, but they're like, "Hey, you want to talk about hacky? Can you do a hacky yeah, podcast about a hacky and anime?" <laughs> that's you know, not too a... likely. But uh, we, know, we're going to tackle those Korean cartoons they were recommending. <clears throat> we we got to watch those. Oh yeah. That, that... You know what I thought about doing us to review because the Sonic movie came out? We need to cover that Sonic OVA that came out, too. Oh, I have that on VHS. I have never seen it, but uh, it's like an oh. hour long, so that would be perfect to talk about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Well, maybe we can do, like, a second Sonic episode. Like, we can get Daft on, and uh, you can see the new movie and uh, the and OVA yeah, and, I, I, and do, like, gonna... a Super Sonic special. Oh, <laughs> Everybody's supersonic podcasting. Better let your feet fight off the ground. Cause we're supersonic podcasting. There's no time to mess around. Everybody. Everybody. Alright, I'm done. Supersonic's going advanced on your post. Yeah, I, I love supersonic racing. Sonic R had an incredible soundtrack, even if the game was flawed. Um, anyway, so that'll be the end of our podcast. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I am Dustin, and with me is my co-host John, because we never did introductions, but 
Whatever. Oh, I thought we did that at the start, but then I, we probably I, we skipped said right our, over you're it. You're like, uh, Zionic, and I was like, hey, John, what do you want to talk about? So then people knew our names that by then. I don't know. but Okay. There was nothing yeah, ever I don't formal. think there's even a, a need for introductions, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I don't, I don't really. Yeah, we, we've did introductions for like five years. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyways, it, yeah. I mean, it's pretty easy to pick up if we use names or whatever. Or if we don't, you don't even need to know our names. <laughs> I mean, just I'll let our voices speak for themselves. Gotcha. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and end this because I gotta go to bed. I got work. So later, guys. Thanks for listening. Later.